Matthew chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 5, Jesus' words to his disciples, I hear the word of God. So then when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. When you pray, I go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now the grass withers and the flower uh, fades, Scripture says, but the word of the Lord endures uh, forever. We come to the fifth request that Jesus mentions in the Lord's Prayer. And in the fifth request, Jesus speaks of forgiveness. And so at once, as he speaks of forgiveness, he he brings us to uh, what's at the same time one of the most beautiful and one of the most difficult aspects of his kingdom, right? Uh, Few prayers are more difficult to pray um, than this petition of the Lord's Prayer, Uh, but also few things could compare uh, to the beauty of free and full forgiveness, uh, sins being removed. And I want you to notice as we, as we look at it that the, I think in some ways the accent and the emphasis of the Lord's Prayer as a whole in this context falls particularly on, on this petition, particularly on this verse, uh, verse 12, right? In the, in the context uh, uh, of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is, is he's preaching to his followers, right? And he's leading them uh, beyond the Pharisees, beyond the religious uh, scribes and Pharisees, the teacher of his day. That's what they say afterwards. Who, who is this one who... who uh, speaks in a different way from the teachers that we've seen. He makes various contrasts to them all the way through. Um, and that's what he's doing in this section uh, as well. And in fact, this particular part that we're looking at in prayer is, has there's three different sections that are all, all parallel, right before and right afterwards. It's, it's in the middle of three warnings not to be hypocrites. I look back to the beginning of the verse. He said, beware of practicing the righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Uh, and then in verse uh, 2, he says, gives the first one of those warnings, uh, beware when you give to the needy, uh, sound no trumpet before you like the hypocrites do. And as he comes to prayer in verse 5, he says, uh, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Uh, and then following right after that, in verse uh, 16, he says, when you fast, you must not be like the hypocrites. So there's a focus the whole way through on that aspect, and the immediate context of the, of the prayer, what follows as soon as the prayer is finished. Um, but, but again, a reiteration, hitting the note again on forgiveness. Verses 14 and 15, if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will forgive, also forgive you. But if you don't, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. But somehow you can tell in the context that, that that note in particular comes out with the accent through the whole 
I mean, an emphasis uh, from the whole of the, of the Lord's Prayer. And, and, and I think that's perhaps because Jesus speaks both of uh, debts and debtors. Jesus speaks particularly both of our debts alongside of our debtors, and he ties the forgiveness of the two uh, tightly together. They can't be pulled apart one without the other. Um, it is debts and debtors, by the way, not trespasses and those who trespass against us for, for any of you who might have, might have come from that. Looking, looking at it, it's, it's fine to understand it either way and, and pray it either way. In verses 14 and 15, right, talking about the same things as trespasses, uh, but the words in verse 12 uh, are, are economic terms related to what's owed, uh, what, what, uh, some debt that needs to be paid. That's, uh, uh, so it's debts and debtors if you, if you want to pray it. Uh, uh, the way that it, the way that it is in the, in the actual text. Um, <clears throat> most of you uh, still, still, it's not, it's not mainly about monetary things, uh, nor is it mainly about walking across someone else's private property, which is what I think of when I hear trespass uh, generally. Um, but, it, but it's using both of those things uh, in 12 and 14 and 15 uh, to, to speak about our relationship to God, to speak about the offense that we've made to God, uh, the death, the, the things that we shouldn't have done, uh, the ways that we've offended Him. But most of you are familiar a little bit with, uh, with debt, right? If you haven't taken out student loans yet, probably will be some in the future. Uh, if not that, our culture is pretty much built on, on debt generally, right? Whether it's a car loan or your mortgage or in general society things. We're familiar with debt. Um, uh, and like, how awesome would it be for those of you at least who have the student loans? If you got one of those letters from the Office of Financial Aid from, from SSU or whatever, like comes in your mailbox and you're like, all right, what bill did I not pay this time? And you open it up and you pull it out and you're like, Florida State has canceled your debt with a, right, whatever, five, ten, fifteen, thirty thousand. Like, Florida State, you don't owe Florida State any money anymore. You don't owe the state of Florida's government any money. You've been released from that debt. It's been canceled. It's been forgiven you, right? It's like, I hit the jackpot, let's throw a party, I'm buying, like, everybody come on. I just have a lot of money that I didn't know that I have, or at least I don't not have money that I thought that I didn't have, <laughs> something like that, um, right? And Jesus isn't talking about debt in terms of money, but in a much greater sense in terms of sin before God, how we've offended him. Um, and how much more amazing should it be to us that he's talking about all of the ways that we've offended God being able to be canceled removed, you're released from it, it's forgiven. God doesn't have anything more against you uh, in Christ because Christ has taken away uh, for us. Forgiveness is kind of a major theme in Scripture, right? Like, like one of the, the big mountaintops all, all the way through Scripture. Um, so I'm hoping tonight that from the things that we talk about, you'll have lots more questions about uh, forgiveness um, because I love questions. I love for you to ask me questions. I hope I provoke questions that, that I don't answer that you'll come and, <coughs> and like we're hanging out with Moe's later. You bug me uh, that I love to test with questions. Text me questions, uh, uh, whatever you want. I'd love for us to talk about it more. But as we go through this, uh, we're focusing on forgiveness in terms of a prayer request, <coughs> in terms of Jesus teaching us how to pray for forgiveness, particularly here. And I want you to realize that there's an effect of praying this way. There's a certain effect that it has. <clears throat> this is the most uh, beautiful, uh, one of the most beautiful, as well as one of the most difficult 
aspects of this kingdom, there, <coughs> there's an effect to us praying this way. Now, uh, I'll tell you for myself, I grew up in a church where, uh, um, where we would pray the Lord's Prayer corporately together in worship, right? So we come from a tradition where you do that. And, but there was the debtor's tradition or the trespasser's tradition. Either way, right? But so, we would pray that. And far enough along, I would start thinking, like, okay, why am I saying this? And what am I saying? I should be meaning these things that, I, that I'm saying. And pretty much as soon as I realized I should be meaning the things that I was praying, I kind of, like, stopped myself mid-prayer, Right? Forgive us our debts as, what? <laughs> um, and seriously, like, I remember a time in my life where I would pray and, like, we would all be praying that part out loud, and I would just, like, stop for that phrase, right? Second half of verse 12, like, mm-hmm, and uh, lead us not into temptation, right? Like, keep going from there. Um, a little, little bit later on, okay, I'd be like, well, no, this is a good thing we should be saying, but, but in my mind, I would still be like, and help me to forgive others better, right? Or, or forgive me as well as I should forgive other people something, right? <clears throat> Well, we've got a, a difficulty with that. There, there's an effect of praying this way. Um, and, and I want you to see in particular, we're going to try to talk about it this way, <clears throat> um, that the effect of that prayer has an effect of, of both preventing certain types of prayers as well as a prompting, <clears throat> prompting other types of prayers. And I'm going to take a drink of water now. I'm trying to not have to drink water. Mmm, that's refreshing. I should be able to talk better now, too. Um, Has the effect of preventing certain types of prayers and and prompting uh, certain types of prayers. First of all, I want want you to see that as Jesus is teaching us to pray um, this prayer of forgiveness, the way he talks about it prevents self-righteous, judgmental, hypocritical prayers. Right? Um, it prevents self-righteous, judgmental, hypocritical prayers or works to prevent those. That would, that would be great, right? I know that a lot of times Christians have the reputation of being exactly that, exactly self-righteous, judgmental, hypocrites. Um, and in that case, they're, to the extent that that reputation is true, then they're, they're not Christians. They're not following uh, Christ because Christ is... is very clear all through his scripture and from the Sermon on the Mount and even from this uh, petition, clear that he's not okay with self-righteous, judgmental uh, hypocrisy. Um, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount is that the whole uh, kingdom of Christ cuts out self-righteous, judgmental hypocrisy. And hopefully we'll see some of that. It's kind of the three parts of the prayer, right? It talks about our debts, talks about our debtors, and then right in the middle there's this word uh, as. Put the things together. Um, it prevents self-righteous prayers. How does it, how does it do that, right? It's, it's calling out our failures if we're told to pray this way. It's speaking to our death, right? The self-righteous person doesn't want to admit anything wrong with them because there's not anything. <laughs> um, right. the, the self-righteous person uh, believes that they've, they've met the standard. Uh, they've passed the test. Whatever it was, whatever uh, desire there was, they've, they've met it. Whatever obligation, uh, they've fulfilled it and made the grade. They've done what they were supposed to do. Um, they feel like there is no debt, right? If there's, if there's no debt, then there's, if there's no failed obligation, there's no reason to pray, forgive us our debts. Yeah, by reason of self-righteousness because Jesus said that. So you should say that anyway, right? You can't pray this in a heartfelt way, meaning this, without recognizing, oh, wait, not so, not so righteous. 
Um, and instead, Jesus is teaching all of us to pray, forgive us for failing in our obligations. God, here we are before you, and we come because we've all messed up. Because all the things that you've wanted us to do, all the things that you've spoken clearly in the Word and said, this is the way you're supposed to do it, we're the people who haven't done it. We're the people who, who've never been able to get it done, and we don't see any hope of us being able to get all these things right. And so we come asking for forgiveness. It's the obligation that we've owed you, uh, we've, we've failed. Um, I, I don't know if you think about all these things, but, but the Bible's pretty emphatic on this point. Um, Whatever you think of how Christians may be, or what you see in, in, in yourself, or I want to, like the Bible is emphatic that there, there is no place for self-righteousness. Right? There, there's no place for, for self-righteousness, and that shouldn't be part of uh, how Christians are responding, certainly not to the gospel. Right? Romans 3, verse 10. Like, pretty bold, pretty clear. Uh, no one is righteous. That's what it said, right? So if you think that you are the righteous person, it follows up with, because you're like, uh, uh, no, no, not one, right? Not even one, you're like, ah, well, but I still did good, right? No, 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 no one does good. Well, I tried, I was seeking after God. No one, no one seeks after God. Right? It goes through all these things. The Bible's emphatic about it. Uh, the, the first man, Adam, failed in his obligation, and all the rest of us since. I haven't followed the obligation of, uh, of obeying God, right? We have an obligation because we're, we're God's creation. Uh, he's made us as his creatures. Uh, look at the way Romans 1 talks about it, that we should be simply realizing his existence is greater than ours. We should be worshiping him and, and thanking him that he's given us a world that we, that we live in and can do anything and, and serving him. Uh, if we're made in his image, we should be reflecting his glory, reflecting the character of who he is. Um, we've got an obligation. Uh, I think it's Anselm. I could be wrong on this. It might have been someone else. I think it was Anselm that pointed out that, that even if we did everything perfectly, right, everything according to the law, everything that we could possibly do, even if we did everything perfectly, that would simply be us doing our duty. That would be us fulfilling our obligation. And he, he brings out that point to say, so once we've messed up in one thing, uh, if we do everything else perfect from then, it's not like we've been able to, to make up for that one thing. There's nothing we can do that's beyond uh, the duty of what we're, what we're called to anyway. And we have that, that duty. So, anyone here perfect? Um, and you failed in your obligations. All right, Jesus sums up the wall this way. Love the Lord your God with your whole uh, heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it shouldn't be hard to realize that there's, there's no self-righteousness, no place uh, for self-righteousness, uh, that, that, that we can't actually think that we're righteous. But, but all of us still kind of struggle with that, right? I mean, I, come on, I'm doing things pretty, pretty well, right? Or better than these other people around me or, or some different things. Uh, we, would rather, we would rather come to God to be congratulated. Right? Like we're going to walk up the steps uh, in prayer uh, for him to, to pin the award on us or for us to rele- receive the certificate, certificate of like you've completed it well, you've fulfilled the obligation, uh, you've, you've done it. Um, instead, Jesus says we're admitting that we've failed, that we've failed in what uh, was required. That's how we come in prayer, Jesus says. Um, with the understanding that the that failure for that has dire consequences, right? The wages of sin uh, is, is death. 
Um, so we're saying, God, uh, we're, we're in debt to you as those who failed the obligation. We have zero rights over you, that so you should treat us this way now, or you should do these things uh, for us. Zero rights over you, so you can do to us whatever you want. So you can start to get how it prevents self-right. This is the way we're supposed to pray. You can't pray that in a heartfelt way from a self-righteous uh, standpoint if you're admitting failures. It also prevents judgmental prayers. <coughs> Uh, in terms of how we treat others. You see this in the second part of it in terms of the debtors, right? Because the truth is, not only have we failed in our obligations toward God, but other people have also, like, utterly failed you in their obligations towards you. We live in a broken uh, world as sinful people sinning against one another all the time and experiencing all the problems of that. So the fact is, there, there are people who are in some way in debt to you. They had obligations to you in one way, shape, or form and they failed it. They haven't done it. Um, right? Fathers, uh, mothers who failed in their parental duty to be there for their kids, to love other kids, to, to be uh, providing for them, caring for them. Um, uh, people who said they were friends and then didn't act like it. You started to hear the gossip. Uh, you started to hear the, feel the, uh, the stab in the back. Um, <clears throat> pastors who made you feel like you weren't good enough. Um, maybe even just professors who, uh, who haven't taught you well. Um, and really the list could go on and on and on of different ways that people around you really have failed you and what they're supposed to, supposed to be uh, towards you. And our tendency and all those things, is to look and to judge and to condemn and to reject. You failed me. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Um, I'm done with you. You're the problem. You haven't, uh, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. Um, in, in cases, that's what people deserve. Like, there is a real... There. There's a real, like, this is someone's obligation they haven't done that. Uh, they failed on it. And they, in some ways, deserve that condemnation, right? I mean, give the, give the professor who can't teach an F for once, right? He's, he's, if everyone in his class is averaging a D, is it everyone's fault? Really, like, what's going on here? Um, you, you feel a certain righteousness, and there's a real debt that and the real consequences that could be enacted that would be rightful for them to be. Um, or problems with parents and Run away from home, or you just just stop talking to your parents. Um, if they're not interacting with you the way that you feel like a parent should be interacting with a child, then say, okay, then I'm not going to have the child relationship to you, or I open up my life with you and, and, and talk with you uh, and trust you, uh, or whatever. Fight back with friends. Uh, you did something to me, and I say the same thing right back to you, or, or just, you know, go, go find other friends. Um, we'll deal with that. Our, our tendency uh, is to reject. It, if that's really what people in some way deserve, or sometimes deserve, why can't we? Why is that judgmental? Why is that something that we place this bad, negative connotation word on? Hey, you shouldn't do that. That's, that's being judgmental. judgmental. The issue is because you're not better than them. You're, you're not free from having, uh, having failed in your obligations uh, as well. You're you're really not, right? Unless you like you've loved your neighbor as yourself, right? No, um, you, you don't have a standpoint uh, to judge back. You, maybe you haven't done the same things. Great. 
Um, you've done other things. You've done it to other people. Um, you're, you're a debtor, too. Especially to, to Christians. Um, to, to be very clear, that means you can't be judgmental to other people on the campus. I don't know how this is hard to get across, but it's hard for us. You, you can't be judgmental on, on the campus. You're, you're not better than anyone else on the campus. You're not better than your roommate. No matter how much they stay up or how much they don't wash their dishes or turn the temperature down or come in uh, late and drunk or whatever, you're not better than your roommate. You're not better than your friend. You're not better than that annoying guy in the class that everyone hates and even the professor wishes he would stop raising his head, hand. <laughs> you're not better than you're, you're, you're not better um, you're not better than the druggy alcoholic you're not better than the girl who slept with half the campus you don't have a standpoint uh, to judge on you're also a debtor um, to say to, to non-Christians as well uh, you, you've got reason to be upset with judgmental Christians um, but you're also not better than them um, you're probably being judgmental of them as you judge them for being uh, judgmental. It's kind of the way it works. Um, and Jesus in this prayer says, the way that he's saying we should pray, it prevents uh, judgmental prayer. Not only are other people our debtors, uh, but we're, we're debtors too. Um, and it also prevents hypocritical prayers. Uh, inconsistent, right? You have the word as uh, in, in the middle. Um, you're hypocritical if you say one thing while you do something else contrary to that, right? Or, or if you have one standard for yourself and another standard for other people, you're being hypocritical on that. Um, like when one of the things that I'm most impatient with is when other people won't be patient. Like, oh, shoot, <laughs> there's the hypocrisy, right? Um, and if, if you if you'll kind of pay attention to yourself as you go about life, you'll, you'll find that there's lots of those kind of things. you got one standard for you, another standard for, for other people. I'm driving down the road, like, I want to be able to move in and get into the spot in front of someone, but if someone, like, gets in front of me, I'm like, that was my space there. I wasn't intending to give you this space. Um, right? Well, we, we have those tendencies to be, uh, to be hypocritical. But the, but the prayer prevents us with this little word, uh, as. What's that word doing there? Um, as. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So we're doing there? It's saying you've got to have the same standard. When you're praying before God, it's got to be the same The standard from which we're asking for forgiveness from God has to be the same standard uh, with which we're showing forgiveness uh, to other people. Uh, very simply, it. It disallows any double standard in the request for forgiveness. I know that people complain about this aspect of the Lord's Prayer uh, a lot. Um, to be clear, it's not saying that God's forgiveness is based on our forgiveness. Right? Jesus is very clear about that. The whole Bible is very clear about that. God's forgiveness is based on the work of Christ. It's based on the fact that Jesus came and was condemned for sin, and so from his merit and not anything that we do, God is gracious to forgive. Forgiveness isn't contingent on something that we could do or some ability that we have to forgive other people. But as we pray and as we want God to forgive us, Jesus says when you pray it, you should pray this way. You want God to forgive you a lot. Forgive us our debts. He says, 
as we've uh, forgiven others. Um, uh, he's saying we shouldn't ask for beyond what we've tried to show. The same truth in other, uh, other scripture, a whole bunch of places. One Ephesians 4, 32, that just uh, directly says uh, that we should be forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's the standard for how we should treat one another. The same, the same thing's true here. And Jesus is saying that particularly in terms of you can't have a hypocritical standard of forgiveness for what you want compared to what you're willing uh, to show. That hurts, though, doesn't it? Um, man, because you want to be forgiven, and, and like you'd really like that letter from uh, the, the Office of Financial Services saying that your debt was canceled, um, but if every time like you loan a friend money, they never have to pay you back? Like, like I loaned you 10 bucks, like how long is it going to be until you give that back? Right? Like, that's going to frustrate you. Um, we we want to have, we'll have different standards. Jesus is showing us that in his kingdom there is free and full forgiveness. And it has to be all the way around. A free and full forgiveness that God shows to us in Christ. And what that translates into is free and full forgiveness from us uh, toward all those around us as well. All those who are in our debt. All those who have failed us. Um, all those who we are heard from. It's a, it's a difficult prayer to pray. Um, it prevents self, uh, self-righteous, judgmental hypocrisy. Uh, but it also emphasizes the beauty of this kingdom. It's not only one of the most uh, difficult aspects, but one of the most beautiful aspects of this kingdom and what it, what it prompts, what you see this prayer promotes. Kind of take the, the other side of it um, for a minute. Praying this way prevents a certain attitude, but it, but it prompts a certain attitude. It prompts what type of prayers? Humble uh, and loving and genuine uh, prayers. Right, to pray this prayer from the heart is to, to pray a humble, a loving, genuine uh, prayer. That's the character of those in Christ's kingdom. Uh, that's the character of Christ himself. The prayers that he prays, uh, e- even for us. It's the character of the kingdom that he's building. It's not one of people who've climbed up in their pride and their righteousness and said, okay, now I can show you what's wrong with you. People would say, I've messed up. I have a God who's loved me anyway. And whatever you're doing, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for you. As one greater than me sacrificed himself for me. It's a humility. Well, this is what his spirit is continually working with us, right? The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Uh, Jesus is teaches us to Jesus is teaching us to pray. Um, Learning this mindset, that as we approach the Father, uh, this is the mindset that we would, that we would come in. And so it, uh, it prompts humble prayer, because we're admitting our failures. Admitting that we have real debts as we come to God. We're no longer denying that we're messed up. Uh, no longer denying even how badly the effects of that are. So we're actually deserving of God to reject us forever. Um, we're really in debt. Infinitely, unfathomable uh, debt and offense to God. We come no longer pretending that we've got the ability to repay it. Give me enough time, Lord, I'll do enough things, and then you'll be happy with me. We've been rid of all that, uh, not thinking that we can do enough, um, and and, uh, coming, saying, the only way that the debt can be uh, canceled or forgiven uh, is from God's forgiveness. 
God's mercy that we come to. Uh, uh, not going to anyone else besides God to, to give us the affirmation that we want or some other thing, uh, but instead, in our sin, in our failure, in our humility, we run to God. Uh, we run to God and place ourselves at His mercy. And you know what? Um, our God is a merciful God. Uh, all the way through, Scripture talks about God as a merciful God. The, the, the Psalms go on to praise God for His steadfast love, His mercy that endures uh, forever. Right? That um, He doesn't deal with us as our sins uh, deserve. Psalm 103 says, As far as the east is from the west, uh, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Uh, we come to His mercy in our debts and, and find that He's willing to forgive. Uh, that he shows that mercy uh, to us in Christ. Uh, there's been a huge cost uh, to him uh, to forgive because uh, he's taking the punishment of it on himself, taking the consequences on himself. Um, we can have forgiveness because Jesus reconciled us to God because Jesus himself uh, took our sins on himself, uh, that he suffered the full punishment, the full blame for all the death that we owe. He assumed our debt and, and was, was thrown out and rejected for it. Um, so we can only come humbly. Because coming asking for forgiveness even means, Lord, I, I've got no hope. I've failed in all these things. Um, please let your son's death cover me. I'm so messed up that my hope is that you would let Jesus die that I could be brought into your family. Uh, that's not a request you can make with some boldness or, or some right. Uh, but in humility, because it's been freely offered. Because Jesus wants you to walk through his blood, be cleansed and come into the arms of his Father, knowing that all your sins have been removed and wrapped in his love. Um, it's a beauty, beautiful uh, thing that God forgives. He forgives freely. Uh, that he forgives uh, fully when all we've done is fail in our obligations. Uh, but Jesus has been righteous for us. Ask for it a lot. Ask for a lot of forgiveness. Ask for it often because God uh, delights to forgive. Delights to honor his son and honor us in it, uh, bringing us into his family. Um, we've acquired much debt, um, but he uh, pours out much forgiveness. Prompts humble prayer. Uh, prompts loving prayer um, toward those who are in our debt, right? Uh, scripture recognizes that many others have and will uh, do you wrong. Um, and Jesus encourages us to forgive our debtors. And to forgive our debtors then freely and fully. Not holding grudges, uh, not getting bitter, not making them grovel at your feet until you're satisfied that they're that they're really, you know, really do know they did did that and you feel good enough about it. Um, not making them do enough to earn your favor back. Imagine, but if you if you do these things, if you keep showing me these things, then maybe I'll let you back into my friendship. Maybe you can maybe you can earn this. Um, not pushing them away so they don't want to be around you anymore. He encourages us to forgive those who, who owe us, who are obligated to us from the way that they've uh, failed us. He wants us to forgive it. To show love when it's not deserved at all. That's what we want from God. 
No, that's a very that's very easy to do. That's, that's a that's a prayer that you can only pray out of out of love, having been loved by God and then wanting to wanting to show that. It's extraordinarily difficult and complicated. I think that's kind of what we should expect when we're to be reflecting kind of the central aspect of the gospel and part of the glory of God that He shows mercy and forgiveness. Um, and I want to say just some of the questions that will come up. I recognize that, that uh, reconciliation is two-sided, right? And forgiveness, it's a, it's a relationship that's two-sided. And we're to, because God's forgiven us, we're to be forgiving Him. Uh, and so for anyone, however much they've done you wrong, uh, you should be aiming from the gospel because of God's love to have a hard attitude of forgiveness to them. Right? If, if there's going to be real reconciliation, there's, there's other things that are obligated on their part. There's other, like... Y- Forgiving them when they're not understanding their sin, they're coming in in repentance, there's, there's not a, a reconciliation the same way. But your responsibility uh, on the side of being one who's, who others are indebted to is the same, uh, regardless. Regardless of what you see in them, regardless of how they come to you, um, the attitude that you have. And it means, it does, it means you have to take on the cost, uh, the pain, and the hurt of, of how they've treated you in order to still love them and not, in order to forgive them and not. Um, I want you to see it's also extraordinarily beautiful. If you can imagine a community of people that, that love one another like this. It, this is what the church should be like. Right? This is what Jesus says. Like, you, you'll know them by, by their love for one another. Um, now you will love Christians because they've become so righteous that all they ever do is love and they never sin or hurt one another. <laughs> I'm still looking for that church, right? I'm hopping around like, one of these times we're going to find that group of people. It's going to be great. And, and we'll see if they'll still love me or I won't fit in or something. <clears throat> um, uh, Christians still mess up a bunch of people and we're hurting one another all the time. Um, I, I, I tell folks, like, I would love to know you. I'd love for you to let me in your life. And, and, like, if you know me long enough and probably doesn't take very long, like, I'll also let you down. Uh, I'm going to try not to let you down, but, uh, but I will. And I'm, I'm going to need your, your forgiveness on that. I'm going to try to come to you uh, asking for it. Um, well, this is part of why uh, Jesus said the church will be known by his love. Um, this is why believers' love is a witness to the gospel the gospel taking effect in us. It's us covering over, uh, over death and forgiveness because God has covered over ours in his love uh, in Christ. Um, uh, the beauty of love and forgiveness is what we see in Christ. It's what we long for. It prompts humble prayer. It prompts a loving prayer, not judgmental prayer. And it prompts not hypocritical prayer, but it prompts genuine uh, prayer. Um, and in some way, what I mean there is just not having a double standard that's actually uh, consistent how what you want for yourself and what you uh, want from others, how that you have some integrity in the way that you pray, but not begrudgingly forgiving others so that we can get forgiveness from God, which is what we really want. Um, it's still not something we earn from God, but having the same standard for others as, as God has shown us, right? Wanting... Really, wanting others to experience in some small way from us the type of love that God has shown us in Christ. Um, that's our motivation in, in, in doing this. That's the, that's the golden rule, if you will, applied to our sin against one another. What do others you want them to do to you? We, we want God to, uh, to forgive us. We're, we're wanting uh, others to, to experience forgiveness as well. Um, but still... Why God forgives us 
is, is not because of anything in us. It's because it's all because of Christ, all because of His merit. And the same thing for why we forgive others is not because of anything in them or because of anything in us, uh, but because of Christ uh, working in us by Spirit. Um, it, it, it's beautiful. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to be able to pray that prayer genuinely? Um, to not be like, like, like I was or am praying that prayer and saying, uh, I'm just going to skip the second part. Right? Um, or praying, and God help me to, to forgive that. But to pray genuinely, Father, with the type of love that you've worked in me, forgiving how other people have wronged me, um, for, forgive me, forgive me that fully. This is what you've, you've shown me, um, asking for the, for the same things. Um, the way that I've freely forgiven everyone who's hurt and wrong and offended me, let me on Christ's merit uh, experience forgiveness um, for more deeply offending you and how others have me. Uh, you, can kind of see, you can only pray what Jesus is saying here uh, from a humble, loving, uh, genuine place, a place needing God's mercy and needing God's help. Um, one of the most difficult aspects of Christ's kingdom that it brings out, and one of the most beautiful aspects of Christ's kingdom and the gospel and how it's worked out in us. Um, and you can't hear it without knowing that we need Jesus to teach us to pray. And we need Jesus to help us uh, to pray. Um, and if in hearing some of these things you can recognize that we've got tendencies of self-righteous, judgmental uh, hypocrisy, Great, right? Great. Don't try. To, don't think that you're going to get to the standard of not having those things anymore. Uh, realize that and say, Father, here's my debt of obligation that I've not been able to do any of these things. I don't even know how to pray this rightly. Um, I need full forgiveness. You need Jesus, and so you get to come uh, humbly, then and lovingly, genuinely in repentance, asking for forgiveness for your sins, have to be removed and canceled, and you have a God who does that freely. And fully. Uh, we need Jesus to forgive us. We need Jesus to help us uh, to forgive. We long, we long for this beauty. Uh, this is who Christ is. This is what he works out in his kingdom and what he calls us to. Uh, he calls us to his grace uh, to help us live it.